0: Straight from the Mayor's Mouth, with Matthew Dickerson from Dubbo Regional Council. Hello everyone, and welcome to Straight from the Mayor's Mouth. It's been a while, but it's lovely to be back.
1: Hey, it's good to have you back, actually. I've had a few listeners missing you, telling me that they're a bit sick of just hearing me or by myself. <laughs> so I think that's a positive comment for you, and I'm not sure what it says about me. But no, it's, oh, it's good to have you back here.
0: Well, thank you very much. Look, it's, it's been a bit of a uh, bit of a journey so far, but uh, we're still in the midst of it. But it's, it all seems sort of going okay right now. So.
1: Very good. Yes, well, I feel very selfish, stealing you away for an hour on this week, but hopefully we'll have you back for future weeks as well.
0: Mate, look, it's—I'm uh, hoping so. I'm hoping that will be the case. Certainly over the next uh, few weeks. Looking forward to uh, being back with you and doing our uh, our weekly podcast. Because it's been, uh, it's it's a big part, I think, of of what I really enjoy in the week is that the opportunity to catch up with you once a week to talk about these sort of things. So, it's uh, it's something I've definitely missed, and uh, and certainly from my own personal experience, for the listeners out there, it's. Uh like so many people out there who are listening today, they've had their own cancer journeys and right now I'm in the midst of mine and uh, so we're uh, off in Sydney for most of the week and come back on the weekend so it's, it's been a bit difficult sort of to catch up with you but uh, really it's, it's lovely to be sitting here again and sitting opposite you and having our banter and our weekly chat about uh, what's happening in and around Dubbo from the regional council perspective.
1: Yeah and I'm sure you've been listening to it each week so you're staying up to date with what's been happening. Absolutely. That's one of the things you found is obviously staying up to date with it and keeping up to date. It's actually really easy for you to have these conversations because you're learning so much about council and I know you become the local expert with your friends and colleagues around <laughs> council activities Certainly
0: it's pretty good when you're sitting around a pub on a Friday afternoon you can actually give some real advice rather than just opinion for a change that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's but good. mate look uh, it's again it's so nice to be here and uh, and uh, yeah, again thank you so much for inviting me back in to uh, have our weekly chat
1: I oh, will put it this way you're so good that we didn't replace you we just waited for you to come back so you're <laughs> irreplaceable
0: I was going to say the chair feels quite cold. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, let's get into it. So, uh, look, first up this week, I'd like to talk about uh, the new resident evening uh, that was held last Wednesday night. So this has been something that uh, has been going on now for a while. So how was last uh, Wednesday night?
1: Yeah, really good. I do really enjoy these evenings, and I love to find out... What brought people to Dubbo? I do tell them at the beginning, because I do warn them that I'm going to have a few of them in front of the microphone and ask them the question. And I say, the correct answer, of course, is the wonderful council we've got in Dubbo is the main reason you came. But I want to hear the other reasons that you came Absolutely. as well. And so we play a few games with them. And this one we actually held at like the… Monopoly? Well, not quite. we <laughs> play some games that are very location-specific. Oh, okay. But we held this one at Lions Park. I, this is next to the Visitor's Information Centre. Mm. I don't remember holding one there before. We've held them at the Dubbo Jar, which is a great location, yes, something yes. a bit different. We've held them at the Western Plains Cultural Centre. So we've held them at different locations, and we try to vary it around. We generally say to people, if you've moved to Dubbo in the last – six months or a year, if you haven't been on a new resident evening, then come along, basically. Mm. So we, we don't have any really tough, strict processes as to whether or not you're let to come along. And yep. if you couldn't make the last one and you can make the next one and you're still a new resident, sure, come on along. Mm. One of the things that I do like is that we have a whole range of different organisations, sporting groups, community organisations, that type of thing, that set up stands or stalls at these events and they get to talk to these new residents about how they can get involved in the community. And that's a really important mm, thing. Absolutely. If people get involved in the community, yep. they're much more likely to stay here. They're much more likely to be part of it and contribute to the community. Yeah, yeah. So that's great. But the games we play, I normally do a few different things. Sometimes I might do a poem about Dubbo. Right. And then I might quiz them on that poem about Dubbo. And you'll do the standard thing where put your hand up A, B and C and then – if you've gotten that question right, you move on to the next round, that type of thing. Yes. So it's a way to teach them a little bit about Dubbo and also give a few prizes. Yeah, fun, at the
0: interactive end. way of sort of getting engaged. I like it.
1: Yeah, that's right. This one, I thought I'd try something different because one or other times I've done things where. I want to find out who's moved from the furthest distance. And so, who's moved more than 100 kilometres? And you get most of the people. Who's moved more than 500? And you keep going. And then, typically, you'll get people that have moved more than, say, 10,000 kilometres. And I think that's great and that's interesting. But I thought, well, it's a bit unfair on people that might have moved from a bit closer. You're always going to get international people then. Mm. So, this time, I came up with the idea. I was just going to name a letter of the alphabet, any letter of the alphabet. And I wanted someone to say I've moved from and I was happy to accept a country or a city or a town that started with that letter. Right. I said I wouldn't accept a street name. I don't right. accept a city, right. town or country. Yes, And then put your, you, you know, come forward, whoever's first to come forward, staying from there, you won a little prize. But also then I got to quiz that person. What brought you here? What do you think so far? Just some of those sort of top yep. questions. So I think I started off with the letter P and I had a few people put their hand up, but one was first up and they came from the Philippines, so I was happy to accept that as an answer. And what brought you here? Oh, well, my husband's work brought me here, so I think your husband was too shy to put his (laughs) hand up for the P, but but the wife was happy to put that up. So anyway, that was one reason we see people come is because obviously a partner moves here for some reason, and so it might be family related. The next one I went with, I think I went to the letter M, and so we had someone from Melbourne. And so again... Melbourne, it was a job opportunity, they worked I think that particular person worked in the health department Mm. and they saw a job opportunity and they wanted to get away from Melbourne, bit too busy, bit Mm. too congested. I think Many people in Victoria got a bit frustrated during COVID. So that maybe led to a few people looking to move out of Melbourne. So maybe this person was that. I didn't get to that specific level of detail. But again, coming from Melbourne, fantastic. The next one was an interesting one. I went to the letter R. Right. And I had a bit of trouble. I was looking around, any R's, any R's, and no one was putting their hand up. And I hadn't researched where people would come from. I was just going to name random letters, hoping that I'd be okay. Anyway, finally someone put their hand up and they said, well, will you accept R for Republic of South Africa? That's close enough. That'll that'll do me. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. So the the crucial question I had for this particular person, so that was Wednesday night during the week. Thursday, of course, Australia played South Africa in the one-day international World Cup semifinal. Oh, please, for the
0: who, you know, reminisce on that one. What a great result. (laughs) Exactly right. So
1: this is the night before, and I said, so you've moved to Dubbo. Fantastic. You've come from the Republic of South Africa. The crucial question, the next night, Australia (laughs) playing South Africa, who are you going to be barracking for? And it was a pretty loaded question because you've got 100 people standing around from Australia. What are you going to say? And he said, I'm going for Australia. I hope you're no telling then. the truth, but, but <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty tough situation. Yeah, yeah. So we did a few ones like that. Lovely. We had Dougal Saunders, our local member, who spoke to the audience as well. Mm. We had a, a local police inspector who came on and just spoke to them in general, just mm. uh, about sometimes when people come from overseas, they might not totally understand how the policing might work, and just yeah. to have a relationship with police. In some countries, the police are more threatening than they are in Australia. I think police in Australia are much more Mm. welcoming and friendly and happy to help, whereas in some countries – maybe you've got a different relationship with the police so I think it's important to have the police along there as well and then we had seven of our councillors along as well so it's good for them to get around and talk to the various people so a really good night we did some lucky door prizes as well at the end of it all but it's just a great way to welcome people and I've actually had feedback from other councils where they've heard about this new resident evening we have and I've had phone calls or someone's just running into other mayors or councillors oh now tell me about this new resident evening Mm. how does that work how do you invite people how do you get people to Mm. come along to those events because it's just a nice way to say So this is Welcome. not
0: something though that is across the board in so many other councils. This is more Dubbo specific. Oh, very few. Very yeah, few right.
1: councils do that. Certainly there's more now. When we first started this back maybe 10 years ago, yeah. there were probably very few councils that did something like this. Mm. But we're getting so many people moving here now that it is a great way to get people to connect. And even just people that might be talking to each other and, oh, you came from the Philippines. Oh, well, I'm from somewhere near there. Or tell me your background. But yeah. it just generate some conversation. Sometimes we'll do some little games where we'll put the people in groups. Okay, everyone that's got a draft on their name badge that came in, you go and get in a group there together and we want someone to talk about
0: something from that group. It sounds like it's incredibly well organised.
1: Our staff do do a wonderful job. You're yeah. spot on there. I do very little. I turn up at the last minute and yep. sometimes I look at the program and go, oh, actually, we'll just change this game here. We'll do this a bit different and I can yeah, see yeah. the staff rolling their eyes or <laughs> maybe maybe mentally <laughs> rolling oh, he's their again. eyes. again. There he goes. Right. Yes. But they do do a really good job and just getting people along there, advertising mm. it, letting people know about it. The different businesses organizations uh sporting groups for example that are around there mm. they're often ones that are involved in our double visitor guide so yeah. there's 107 partners we have in that so they're often ones that are involved in that as well but mm. yeah it is a really good it's feeling. It's a
0: community based thing isn't it like community based
1: involved. and you can imagine for someone that's moved here yeah and they get this as their first introduction wow it's lovely yeah, this is a pretty nice Absolutely. community i'm a part of yeah, yeah. and we really stress that it's a community that you've mm. just come to join you haven't come to Dubbo you haven't moved to a city you've come to a community Mm. and even for people from say Sydney or in this case Melbourne when you talk to those sort of people they go wow I've never met a councillor from where I came from I didn't really Mm. associate with the local council I've never met a mayor I've never met the local member Mm. so suddenly they're going wow this is really a community-based community-based city rather than just a place that I've moved to. This yeah. is this is going to be someone I'm going to be part of. So, yeah, really good outcome. We'll do that again in six months' time and hopefully keep rolling that on every six months oh, from there. Sort
0: of highlights again how wonderful Dubbo is, I think. Now notice here, uh, Council being added again in regards to uh, what's coming up in the next, uh, well, a little bit, isn't it? It's coming around very, very quickly, of course, is Christmas. Now, during the week, the... Uh, Council's organise a Christmas media launch. Um, now, I'm assuming there must be a few initiatives that uh, that are happening in regards to uh, maybe shop local and those sort of things. So talk us through us, Matt. What's actually happening here?
1: It does seem too early, doesn't it? Middle of November. Tell
0: you what, it's come around very fast. <laughs> We're only in November?
1: I had a meeting during the week and I said at the end of it, well, Merry Christmas. And I kind of felt like I said that too early. <laughs> but then I thought about it and went, well, I'm probably not going to see this person again before Christmas. So I suppose it's okay. Is so it? yes, you're right though. Back to your your question, we do have a shop local campaign Mm. and I know... People talk about that a lot. In fact, I remember reading something about Mahatma Gandhi. One of the great things that he did, did lots of great things for India, but one of the great things
0: that he well, did was- he had was, a shop local campaign in, in Calcutta.
1: He had a shop local campaign in India. He yeah, said, right. we should be doing more things with our local producers rather than getting things from overseas. Mm. So it's something that can be applied to-
0: Well, if it's good us. enough for Gandhi, it's good enough for us. <laughs>
1: that's right. It was good enough for a billion <laughs> people
0: in India. That's right, It's good enough for
1: 55,000 here. So it is something that, that we do often talk about, but it's mm. sometimes- rhetoric, sometimes it's like, oh, shop local, you should do that. Mm. But then suddenly when someone sees a special online coming out Mm. of some multinational organisation, I'll go and grab that. But just try and get it locally. Try and see what you can do to get those local businesses. Make sure they're still there. Mm. We still want a strong CBD in both Dubbo and Wellington. We want that central business district to be Central, Yes, we want it to be a business district. So it is important. So we've got a few initiatives in place. We've got a number of businesses, already 168 businesses have registered. Oh, good. Again, this is across Dubbo and Wellington to be part of our shop local campaign. And that means you'll see a poster, probably an A3 size poster in their window. When you go in and shop there, spend more than $20, and then you go into the drawer, and we've got $5,000 of oh. My Dubbo Region gift cards.
0: So is that from council supporting that? Is that? A...
1: council supporting that. Fantastic. That's exactly right. So yeah. you sign up, your businesses sign up to be part of this, and then essentially, just by shopping there, you get a chance to win that. Now, that $5,000 is not in one prize. That's in a range of gift cards that'll be given out. Now, those My Dubbo Region gift cards can be used at those 168 oh, businesses. Yeah, that yeah, are great. Great so idea. from Dubbo perspective, we don't want to say, here's a prize. You you could win a holiday to somewhere else well Mm. that wouldn't make sense if we're promoting Mm. shop local the idea of this is we want people to win prizes they're going to go and spend so it's called Jingle Bucks Jingle Bucks I like (laughs) it and so basically it's essentially that way of getting people to spend locally but we've also got a couple other parts there. Right. We've got a colouring in competition. Okay. And I'm, I'm sorry, but we've well, got... can you and I be in the colouring competition? No, there's no open category. I did complain no. about that. I felt like yeah. it was a bit age I've got a bit of time on my hands
0: right now so I could do a bit of colouring in.
1: Exactly right. So we've got a couple different categories but the maximum age category goes up to 12, I'm sorry. Only so, 12? Yeah, we don't mm, quite okay, qualify. Right, yeah. And we've got Local artist, Gillian Pedrana, who's actually drawn the drawing. Ah, she's gorgeous, Jill. She is, that's right. And so that drawing will be the one that you colour in. So that's colouring competition. But we've also got another one. When you go shopping with your kids, we thought we wanted to introduce something that gave them something to do. Because sometimes Mm. kids can be a little bit distracted or maybe a little bit impatient when they're out Mm. shopping. So you can. it's actually been delivered to the schools, but you can get it online or you can go to the Visit Information Centre. Right. And you've got a list of 10 elves on a sheet. And then a number of shops, not all 168, but about 50 shops have got a picture of a little elf right. and a name of that elf. And so with your little list of 10 different pictures of mm. elves, you need to fill that in with the names of ten of these elves. Oh, okay. There's fifty out there to choose from. You can just fill in any. So it's 10 like a Where's
0: Wally, but it's like a Where's Elf. Yeah, where's yeah, yeah, Elfie? Right, yeah, okay. no, I
1: don't mind that. Where's Elfie? It's called an Elf Hunt, but Where's elf Elfie's not yeah, yeah. bad either as well. Yep. And so once you fill in those ten, you take your completed sheet into either the Wellington or the Dubbo Visitor Information Center and you get a prize. Oh, so nice. everyone's a winner. It's not oh, a huge. thing. okay, so every kid will literally win a prize if every you go kid, in and drop right. in your corrected sheet. You yeah, don't good. go into the draw to maybe win something. Everyone wins something from that. So oh. it's a good way of getting kids to participate because, yep. again, it can be a bit of a tough time for kids while mum and dad are doing the Christmas shopping mm. Mm. or whoever in your family is doing some yep. Christmas shopping. Some of the stuff might be exciting because it's presents, but some of the stuff might be just boring old food yeah. and that type of thing. So a few different promotions there. Hopefully, in amongst all of that, there's something to get you interested and excited, mm. but... The main message from all of that is we're doing things to encourage mm. people to shop locally. That's mm. the critical thing. And even if you're not shopping at one of those 168, just try and spend yeah, yeah. your money locally. It keeps it in the local economy. Oh, absolutely. Obviously
0: and in the modern world today, with all the issues that we face, I think to get out there and to shop local and support our local people, we all benefit. Now, mate, uh, speaking of uh, media releases, releases. this is an interesting one. Uh, Check what you flush. Boy, oh, boy. So, we're, we're into the uh, the good stuff today, aren't we? So straight into it. Here we go. We're talking about what we uh, put down our toilets we've in, hit, in a nutshell.
1: We've hit the bottom, is that what you're saying? <laughs>
0: Well, they say from the uh, the penthouse to the outhouse. Well, we're in the outhouse, folks. Straight to it. So, what's happening uh, here matter we uh, we're not doing the right thing by our flushing?
1: Well, not everyone is doing the right thing. There's a lot of things like wet wipes, tissues, paper towels, napkins, cotton buds, sanitary products, they're being put down the toilet. Now, yeah, right, okay. Most people would vaguely understand how our sewage system works when we put it in the toilet and we flush. Mm. It goes down to our sewage pipes on our property, which are typically gravity fed. So Mm. it's fed down the toilet, but then it's fed by gravity to various locations. You might have some pumping stations at different spots, but Mm. essentially most of the sewage treatment system to get it to the sewage treatment plant is fed by gravity. Mm. So if you put stuff down there that clogs up, expands, maybe mm. you can get a bit in the way of some of the, the other things that are being put down there, yep. that can cause some problems. And obviously the, the last thing you want is some blockages somewhere in the system.
0: Absolutely. Is it like the old line of trying to put a square peg into literally a round hole?
1: Yeah. So if you could just think about those things that you're mm. flushing, those things that I mentioned don't do those things. And so we've come up with a little thing to just say flush only the three P's.
0: The three P's? Three P's. Yeah.
1: Three Ps. All right. So what are the three P's? So if you flush... Toilet, paper. So okay. i cheated a little bit there. Toilet, paper, like pee, that. and poo. Oh, yes. If they're the only three things you Can put Can we just refer there? to those
0: as the most obvious things? <laughs> you are right. <laughs> you are
1: right. <laughs> I did actually want them to be called the three T's. So oh, it was yeah. going to be toilet paper, so that seemed yes. a bit more accurate. Toilet paper, twinkles, and then... There's probably something else starts start with, tea, with a T. Ends with
0: erd. Let's call it turd. <laughs> oh no, you've said it. You've said it. <laughs> but apparently
1: that wasn't uh, n like correct to, to oh, go with the three poo, T's. Do they? Oh, so okay. you can you can use it out there if you want if you want to go three T's in your household, yep. that's fine. I'm officially saying the three Ps. Mm. Paper, toilet paper, pee and poo. Mm. If you only put those down there, then the system's able to cope. Now, I have stood, a couple of times I've stood mm. out of the sewage treatment plant and watched the raw sewage, huge pipes, mm. the raw sewage being fed into that system.
0: Mm. What, you just stand around looking at those things?
1: Yeah, then? I just had nothing to do one day. So look, what, eh? a look. what
0: an exciting day that must have been for you.
1: It doesn't look that exciting. It doesn't smell that exciting. But what I was fascinated mm. by when I did that, in fact, that last time wasn't that long ago, I was sitting there watching – And you can actually see other things. I saw a plastic bag come up through the system. So you see other things coming through and you're thinking, surely we can just learn that just those three Ps go in there. So to call out the residents, please help us out here. We want to make sure that our through treatment works as efficiently as possible. We want to make sure you don't get blockages. Yep. Again, around Christmas, imagine saying, sorry, no one go to the toilet because mm. it's got a blockage there, especially if it's the whole neighbourhood. You can't duck to the next-door neighbour and go because they're blocked as well. Yeah. So just see if you can do the right thing by those things. Or they
0: say again, the three Ps, toilet paper, P and poo. <laughs> I'm at uh, last Friday... Um, a very important day uh, was, was set up where, with the White Ribbon Day. Now, for those people who don't know about White Ribbon Day, um, it's, it's a day that's set up regularly uh, once a year to uh, remind people of, of what happens our, sadly in our society about the violence against, uh, against women in particular, domestic violence. So it's a very serious day with a very serious subject matter. Um, talk us through this, Matt. So where was the, the day actually held this year?
1: So we had, well, I'm sure there were lots of things that occurred, but mm. at the Rotunda, there were a number of the services that try and help with men's violence against women. And that's, White Women Day is specifically around domestic violence focused on men's violence against mm. women. And, and let's face it, let's call a spade a spade, most domestic violence is with a male against a female. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's what occurs. It's
0: exactly right. Like, there'll be some people out there now saying, well, what about you know women against men? And we're not saying it doesn't exist. And we're not saying here that that's not a problem. But statistically, the, the bigger problem is the men against women, isn't it?
1: Correct. Absolutely spot on. So there are a number of services that try and help females in that environment and it would be a terrible scenario to be in. You've got a a partner you hopefully trust and hopefully you've got a relationship and then it turns violent. But Mm. in talking to some of those service providers there, we think about violence, we think about that classic scenario that we might see in movies sometimes where you'll get a a male that gets angry or might be under the influence of alcohol or drugs and Mm. then lashes out and hits his wife hits his partner. And then of course, the next day, oh, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Please forgive me and, and I won't ever do it again. And mm. and that behavior repeats over and over. But there are so many other aspects to it. And when you talk to some people, you, you do find out about some of these things. So a lot of it is control. So for example, no control over a bank account or the male might give the female partner a certain amount. Here's your $20 to spend for the week and that's it. If you need more, you've got to come back to me. So mm. control, which which makes someone feel like they're not in control of their life. It can be tracking, and technology is to blame here. Some of it, some of the trackers that people use, I've got one in my luggage. So when I travel, mm. I have an idea whether it turns up at the airport with mm. me. But people start putting those trackers in handbags or in cars. And so then I saw you were at a certain location today. What were you doing there? So mm. all of these things here, so that. Mind control that making you feel like you're being controlled by someone, all these things, it just sounds like a terrible environment to be in. So sometimes, finally, people get the chance and they get away, but you need some services to support that. So, for example, TAFE, there were some students that had helped put together some care packs there. So it's just some basic things. So some toothpaste, some soap, a toothbrush, just some basic things Mm -hmm. so that if you finally get a chance to get away, you might have to get away from the house without having any chance to pick up any of your belongings. Mm -hmm. And so then you're trying to stay somewhere. You don't have a toothbrush and just some basics like that. Those
0: little things like that, like, yeah, just picking up on that, here in Dubbo, Matt, there's a couple of little parts I'd like to ask you questions about. Statistically, are we, are we sort of at state average in regards, and that's a terrible thing to say, but is, are we above state average from the point of view of domestic violence? Are we below it or are we around average? And second part of that is, if someone is suffering from uh, domestic violence right now, is there a, what sort of uh, setups do we have here in town to, to assist people?
1: So we've actually got a number and a number of great organisations that do help. So if I go back to your first question, Mm. our statistics do show that domestic violence is higher Mm. in the Debo Regional Council, LGA, than the state average. Mm. So that's disappointing. And I remember speaking to in one of my regular meetings with the police commander. There was a new police commander that came a year or so ago, and I remember talking to him. And he said the first thing that struck him when he was looking through our various stats was that DV was higher – in his whole command mm. but also higher end of the regional council LGA than it was for the rest of the state and he wouldn't understand why and I can't explain why I don't understand why myself I don't understand the entire concept when mm. you've got supposedly a loving partner that you want to then be in control of or yeah. use violence or other tools to to make sure that you're in control of that situation yep. so that's sad on the plus side there are some organizations that obviously help out People help people get out of those situations, help people in those situations. But the other one that I actually liked was what I learned about on Friday when I was down at the, the display, or not display the the stall holders, the awareness, if you like, for those different stall holders. There, one of the things I found out was there were a couple of those organisations that were focused on not the victims but the perpetrators. Okay. And you might say, well, forget those perpetrators; they're obviously doing the wrong thing. Yeah. But the problem is these perpetrators re-offend. So you're in a domestic violence situation. You Mm. finally get out of that. Mm. Well, that perpetrator, certainly he's failed in his relationship there, Mm. but he moves on to Mm. another relationship. And then without too much time going, suddenly the same scenario presents itself. And then that same perpetrator is doing the same thing. So a couple of those organizations focus on you've, done this, this is wrong, yep. how can we change your behaviour so you don't keep doing it again to victim after victim after yep. victim. Yep. So I thought that was actually quite sensible because oh,
0: absolutely getting
1: people out of that situation is important Yeah, but changing the behaviour of the perpetrator obviously is very important as well. well. I think
0: you're right because I think it's, it's one of those discussions too and it's a hard discussion because the, the focus is, is rightfully on, on the victim of, of this type of crime but as you say it's also important that if we're going to change the nature of this crime then we have to change the nature of the perpetrator.
1: Yeah that's exactly right. Now one of the things that was quite confronting down at the Rotunda was that the TAFE students have been involved for some time now in cutting out various little stick figures And they then took those stick figures and stuck them all up around the rotunda and they were all white paper to Mm. keep in line with White Ribbon Day. And so they were around the rotunda, they were around the fence that we've got around the Christmas tree at the moment. Mm. And I spoke to one of the people there that were involved and they said, do you know what all those stick figures are? I said, no, I just assume it's there just to bring awareness. I said, no, we counted how many reported incidents of domestic violence we've had in the Dubbo Regional Council LGA and we've got one of those stick figures for every reported incident. Wow. Now, I didn't count them all, but yeah. there were easily hundreds. Mm. There might have, I don't know if there was a thousand, but there were easily hundreds there of these stick figures around there. Mm. So you look Visually, at that. Visually, that would have been very challenging to It was. Yeah. Confronting, absolutely confronting. Yeah. So that was something that was like, wow, there were that many people reporting that. Now, obviously… That's just the ones that are reported. Correct. And that's exactly what they said. I heard different numbers there on the day. I heard it could be three times to maybe five times as many unreported incidents as there are reported Mm. incidents. Of course, you don't know how many because they're not reported, so you've got no good solid data on that. But Mm. I would believe absolutely that it would be multiple times because in some scenarios, you're not going to report it. A, it might not be something that you think is bad enough. Mm. B, you might feel like it's your fault, because that's what sometimes the Mm. perpetrators make you feel like, that it's your fault, and C, it might not be something that you think you could actually report. So for example, Mm. someone says, hey, I saw what you spent on shoes this week, you can't have access to the bank account, stop spending so much money on Mm. shoes, and again, making you feel like you're worthless, making you feel like Mm. you shouldn't have control of that, How do you report that to the police? How do you go down to the police and say, oh, my partner said this and I spent this on shoes? And it it almost, I'm sure they would feel like, oh, this isn't important enough to report. You've got other more serious crimes to go and report. Now, I'm not saying that it isn't worth reporting, but
0: but I think there are
1: some people who would not report those sort of incidents.
0: Absolutely. And I think for a lot of people who are in that situation, uh, that they may feel embarrassed, that they they may feel um, sort of torn in regards to how they go about this. And look, just in regards to that, is, is there a role that, that uh, Dubbo Regional Council can play in this to to assist, um, to to try to bring these numbers down and to maybe to educate people better in this space?
1: It's hard. It's one of those things that there are a number of organisations. Most of those ones that I saw were state-funded organisations. Many of them were not state-owned. They were were separate private organisations, but they were getting their funding typically from state organisations or private funding it might have been as well. Mm. So council obviously is there to support those organisations if we can. We don't have a direct responsibility to try and address that, but we have a community responsibility Mm. and to support those organisations where we can. So I think in general, no, not a direct outcome. There's nothing in the Local Government Act 1993 that says Mm. that domestic violence is something we should take on. It's probably more the state government that's focused on some of these outcomes. Again, it's policing matter. Mm. So if someone's got something to report, what I've often said to people is make sure you use the police reporting number. So one three one triple four. If it's not an emergency, if you're in an emergency, if you're in a situation where you need an emergency, triple zero every single time. Mm. But when someone wants to report something, report a crime, report an incident, report a DV incident, for example. Mm. The idea of one three one triple four is it's a way to get through to the police without it being an urgent emergency situation. And so, again, that's the primary reporting. And then obviously the court system, which is where some of these perpetrators might end up, some of these various agencies, most of those are state funded. So it's probably more the responsibility of state government than local government. Mm. Where we can see an opportunity to help, then obviously we
0: will. Now. Local Government New South Wales conference. Uh, now, that was something that, uh, again, during the week that you went down and uh, attended. It looks like maybe a few of the councils went down there with you. Uh, for this, is a big event. This is the yearly conference where you all get together, isn't it, uh, <laughs> across the state, and you all get to to meet and greet. And uh, But also, I suggest uh, try to uh, put some uh, motions forward to uh, see if there can be some changes made across the board. So... I'd suggest this is one of the big conferences of the year. So how did it all go?
1: It is the big conference so of the So it's, it's the number one. It's the Numero Unas, the
0: grand final of the conferences. That's
1: right. So this is the local government New South Wales organisation. All 128 councils right. are members of this organisation. So it is our peak body yeah. for councils across the state. And they all attend? Uh, I don't know. I assume pretty much. Okay. There the vast were, majority, I'd suggest, would that's attend. That's right. There yeah. were... I'd say a thousand, but but at least eight hundred in the room. That's a lot of delegates, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Now from one hundred and twenty-eight councils, then you look at that, and mostly the CEO slash GM will attend. Mostly the mayor will attend, and sometimes mm. you'll have multiple councillors. So. I can't tell you anyone in particular, any council was missing from there. So okay. I'm guessing most, they would know the exact results mm. in terms of how many, but it would be unusual for not every council to be mm. represented there. And you're right. We had good representation from council. Yeah, I would love if work and time permitted for all the councils, I would love all of our councillors to attend, but we had eight of our 10 councils attend. Brilliant. And it is a commitment. People think, oh, it's another junket the council's are on. But if this is a junket, mm. then man, I need to get some better ways to get junkets going.
0: Having sort of spent over the last month or so quite a lot of time sitting in and out of airports and motel rooms and, yeah, all that sort of stuff gets uh, – the, the, the fun factor of that gets away pretty very quickly. So I can understand that this is no junket, simply going down there and doing – this is a, a very important matter.
1: Well, keep in mind that councillors have jobs in the main. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, they went down on Sunday. So last Sunday, councillors went down to the conference. So they took – one of their free days, if you like. So Mm. away from family, away from friends, whatever they had planned. Most of them flew down Sunday morning. There was an optional tour around lunchtime and then there were some sessions on Sunday afternoon. Mm. Uh, Then Sunday night, there was a dinner. We had a a dinner with the Alliance of Western Councils. Then Monday and Tuesday, we were there. So that's two days that they've got to get annual leave from work. I remember back, the first one I went to was back in 2006. And that was a four-day conference. It had the Sunday and then four work days. We didn't get back from there till Thursday night. LGNSW got feedback over the years from various councillors saying, it's too hard to get four days away from work. Hmm. Most people get four weeks, so they get 20 days. There's four days just for one conference alone, and there's 20 other days of annual leave they've got to take throughout the year to do your job as a councillor. So Hmm. it's been reduced, and in that reduction, it's been compressed. So it's pretty full on. So normally, Monday morning, we'll start with a breakfast, or some there'll be different breakfasts from different organisations held. Then you get into it, usually about 8.30 it starts, goes through till 5.30, sure, morning tea, lunch break yep. and then there'll be a dinner that night, so about 6.30, you'll start that. Next morning, the same thing, there'll be another breakfast mm. on, goes through and then usually finishes. They're big days,
0: aren't they? They are, yeah, yeah. The,
1: the second day, probably about four o'clock to let, give people a chance to get home or get back mm. to a flight. So, We got home that night, whatever time the flights came in, probably 8 o'clock that night or whatever. So, yeah, Mm. it's a couple of big days. That's okay. But Mm. I suppose my point there is it's not a junket where we're sitting around and got our feet up and having spas and massages. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Now,
0: that is a junket. (laughs) That is a junket. That's right.
1: This one was held at Rose Hill Racecourse. And, again, it's a challenge to find somewhere that can handle a 1,000 people because it's not – everywhere, not every suburb in mm. Sydney that's able to handle that number of people. But a few things happen at these conferences. There's one thing, many people that are listening will be in conferences. And at a conference you'll normally have expert speakers or panels where you'll have different information presented. You might have a few questions from the audience and you're really trying to absorb information. That certainly happens at this conference, but two things that are different at this conference to well, one thing that's different though, I've never said at any other conference and one right. that's a little bit different. The first thing is you get lots of politicians turn up. You'll get ministers, you'll get opposition shadows, and you'll get different members of parliament, both federal and state. So not many conferences have that number of people turn Mm. up that are in Mm. the political sphere, which that makes sense. It's a local government conference. Absolutely. But the second thing that happens is something that I just don't see at any other conference. Actually, no, that's wrong. There's the Australian Local Government Conference, which is the same concept, but for all Australian councils, which the same thing happens. And you have this concept where councils can put forward a motion. Right. So, councils can say, oh, I would like a policy change at the state or federal government level. So, they put forward a motion just like a council meeting, right. just like a council put forward a motion. So, we put forward a motion through a council meeting, that gets debated at council. Then council has a position where they send off to local New South Wales a motion they would like to have put in the agenda to be debated to try and change policy at the state or again at the federal government level. Right. That then goes to the conference and it's debated just like a council meeting. So, so you've got that, a
0: thousand people in there now debating over motions.
1: And you can imagine, exactly Oof. as your tone suggests, the fun <laughs> that you have with that. So you've got, and these are, these are a thousand, there's probably 800 that debate because you've got yes. voting delegates, but, but say it's 800 people. Yep. All of these people are councillors on their local council that are used to getting up and debating things and putting their points forward and putting different views forward. So multiply that across 800 in the room. So you get some... Interesting points of view brought forward and a extremely diverse range of views from different councils So you the state.
0: probably get some serious ones and some uh, not so serious ones?
1: You get a variety of both. <laughs> and there I are some imagine. that it's a mix of frustration and entertainment because sometimes, there's a bit of a divide there, I must admit. Some of the inner Sydney council, so yes. Sydney City Council, Northern Beaches Council, mm-hmm. Randwick City Council, mm-hmm. they have... Some different views on things, and even some of the other outer western Sydney councils or regional councils. Yeah. And sometimes, when I talk to other regional councils, they go, Oh, the last hour was a waste of time, wasn't it? Because mm. the, we just talk about things that are important to Sydney centric mm. focal points, and there is a bit of that sometimes. But
0: well, the responsibility not- of these councils, too, are very different and very diverse, too, aren't they? Like, you know, from the point of view of what exactly what you're sort of saying is, is that. Uh, Um, I know in previous discussion we've talked about how here at Dubbo Regional City Council we've got uh, issues where control of sewerage, water, um, roads is a big part of of our batch. Now I'd imagine some of these councils you've mentioned... um, Pretty sure they're not in control of water. Pretty sure they're not having to worry about sewage. Pretty sure for most of them, roads is not a big issue. So I'd imagine some of their focus would be very, very different from the focus that we would present.
1: Yeah, you are absolutely spot on. And there is a bit of a discrepancy, so take Sydney City Council. I'm not trying to pick on any Sydney any council. No, please Phil do. But, that's, but, but <laughs> that's fine. Sydney City Council, exactly as you said. Yes. Sydney Water takes care of water. They've got their sewage taken care of. They don't have a lot of roads. Some of the roads they do have are paid for by the state government. Mm. Some of their transport issues, trams, that sort of thing that go through Sydney City Council. Yep. State government's paying for those, paying billions of dollars for those. Yes. So you've got a whole range of different things. You don't have, they don't control an airport, they don't control childcare centre, no. they don't control things like, as you said, sewage and water. They don't have livestock markets for some reason. No, I can't people right. taking yeah. their, their cattle and their sheep into the centre I of city. I see one thing
0: they do control pretty well are those parking. The, but parking, the parking metres. Part of that's,
1: that's, parking, parking metres and parking station Sydney City Council generates more than $50 million of revenue each year. Are you serious? Our income oh for God. a year is less than a quarter of a billion dollars. So wow. round numbers, call it $250 million. Yep. So we don't collect $50 million, So that's that would no. be a fifth of our... Income yep. just from parking meters. I have heard some regional councils say that some of these left field ideas that are brought forward to a conference for debate mm. are brought forward by some councils that have got nothing better to do than count their money and they don't know what else to do. So they've mm. got to dream up things. <laughs> the other thing that's probably frustrating is that a councillor on Sydney City Council mm. gets paid more than a mayor of a burke or the mayor of Wollongong, Is that right? And so the mayors of some of those regional communities have greater responsibilities, in my opinion, than the councillors. It Absolutely. just seems to be that the budget's a bigger number, therefore they get paid more. So I don't always agree with some of those things. So yeah, there is yeah. a bit of a divide there, yeah. and that is never more obvious than when you hear the debate oh, and you imagine. hear the different angles. That oh, please from talk the debate. me through
0: some of them. Please, come <laughs> on.
1: Well, look, there is one that I want to mention. It was the highlight in terms of that, change there, there was a bit of a discussion, I won't go into into great detail about it, but there was a bit of a discussion put forward about regions and climate change and and the different ways that you can generate income Mm. for different regional areas. And again, with this whole big picture of climate change sitting over the top of all of Mm. it. Mm. And there was a a mayor of a regional council who stood up to move an amendment because just like a council meeting, you have amendments. And the amendment was that, yes, this all makes sense, what they're talking about in cutting back some of the income streams from regional areas in relation to climate change.
0: So this is coming from, a, a, a let's just say, a, a city council. Uh,
1: that, that first part was, and yes. then the second part for the amendment was coming from a regional area that yes. said, it's okay, but there seems to be a lot of income generated from parking meters where internal combustion engine vehicles are using those parking meters. So all income from those parking meters, if they're an internal combustion engine vehicle that's parking there because of the impact on climate change, all that income should be given up as well by those councils that are generating that. I just, could
0: imagine the squealing that would have suddenly have started erupted from that one.
1: The fishing line was thrown out there and the bait was voluntarily well taken. And so you can imagine uh, some of those councils jumped to their feet very quickly because <laughs> no, 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 no. they've got $50 million to protect. So I, I, must oh, admit, I, I sat back there and had a good chuckle and well I talked to that mayor afterwards. <laughs> and I said, well done. I was very amused by that. Again, it is serious debate. And even something like that was put forward to demonstrate Mm. that you might be sitting there on your high horse saying, we've got to do things about climate change. Mm. Regional areas are doing things about climate change, and I would argue much more so than Sydney City Council and also the city City councillors individually driving their SUVs and not ticking their boxes for green electricity or or not having solar panels on the roof of their house and all sorts of things. So again, I think we are taking some pretty positive action out here. My favourite one from last year Hmm. was a similar concept where they were talking about where you're generating renewable energy and and the contribution that regional areas were making and there was a regional mayor that jumped up and said, right, well I'd like to add a bit to that. We're not going far enough. We need to have more wind turbines so we need to reserve a spot on Manly Beach for some wind turbines. (laughs) And again you can imagine some of the people (laughs) from The Northern (laughs) Beaches Council. Oh, that's so funny. That's brilliant. (laughs) So, on a serious note, though, apart from the debate there, and and there were good things. So, Dubbo Regional Council had a resolution that we put forward, a motion we put forward that was debated there. And we. we, Did it get through? Two thirds. We got through. Two thirds. So, we had three points in our motion. It was about the code of conduct. One of the issues about code of conduct now is that someone lodges a code of conduct and it goes through to our CEO. Mm -hmm. The CEO then has to make a decision whether to say it's not going any further, there's not enough merit in that. Or yes, we're going to go further with that. Mm. And it puts the CEO in a tough position. Mm. And they can easily accuse a CEO of being biased to protect the councillors that the CEO's yeah, got on yeah. council or targeting a council if someone gets sent up the chain. But if it gets sent up the chain, there's an immediate cost to council for mm. everyone that's sent up the chain. So, mm. oh, well, if I don't want to be accused of being biased, I'll put them all straight through. But then some of them are frivolous and we're spinning these through. Mm. That just seems crazy. Mm. So we had three points to our resolution from council. Right. The first one was that all the code of conducts go straight through to office of the local government or an independent body, yep. we don't really mind, just not to council. Yep. Secondly, that, that body, the state government effectively, wears the cost of that so it's not putting the cost onto council mm. each time. Mm. And the third thing was that if you as an individual lodge three unsuccessful claims in one term of council on the one council, then you're labelled a vexatious complainer and can't lodge any Mm. more complaints. So a bit like DRS in cricket Mm. where you get a couple of goes and if they're unsuccessful, that's it, bad luck. You've
0: used and exhausted them. And
1: it was interesting because the local government minister, Ron Honig, had already spoken at the conference before this one came up for debate Mm. and he actually made mention of a number of things. But one of the things he said was that the code of conduct is being used in some examples as a weapon. Mm-hmm. So if I want to make your council look bad, if I want to make you look bad... I lodge a bunch of code of conducts and mm. you. It doesn't matter if there's any merit about those or not. I can just keep saying, mm. I don't like the, I like the way Mark combs his hair. Mm. I don't like the way that Mark referred to someone in a debate at council last week. Mm. I saw Mark down the street and he seemed like he brushed someone off. He was a bit rude. So mm. bringing council in disrepute, you can keep lodging those complaints. Oh,
0: and you see how the media picks up on it. When they turn around, and they say there's been 40 vexatious claim. well, there's been 40 claims lodged against council in regards to uh, issues that uh, they feel as though the community needs addressing.
1: And we have to report how many code of conducts are lodged to council. We don't have to report what they're about. We wow. don't have to report just who the they're number. about. Just the number. Mm. We don't have to say – well, in fact, we can't say all of those were thrown out or yeah. only one needed to go to, to a reviewer. So you can make a council or an individual counselor look bad. And of oh, course, yeah. it wastes time of council staff, waste wastes time hey, of yeah. the councillor involved. So bottom line from all that, those were the three points we put forward. Yeah, It was debated there at the conference. And number one, number two – in terms of review, got up. Okay. But number yeah. three, vexatious complainers, and maybe because many of the counsellors in the room are those vexatious complainers, that <laughs> one didn't possibly, get up. yes, absolutely. Some people argue they didn't like the idea that you were basically put in the naughty corner. But again, if you're going to keep lodging oh. unsuccessful ones, yeah, yeah. then you should be put in the naughty corner. But anyway, that one didn't get up. Okay. But there were some serious things debated there. Well, I think
0: there was a song about two out of three ain't bad. <laughs>
1: that's, that's right. Uh, but we also had Mark McCrindle talk there. Now, I do like Mark. He's a demographer. Talks about a range of things and it's important mm. for councillors to be up to date with where the community overall is headed. Mm. What are our demographics doing? How are they changing? Mm. How can we accommodate that mm. in our council and what we're doing? One term that he used, which I thought was quite good in terms of a change in demographic, is there are more kippers
0: now. What fish? Well, I thought of that, that's but like Kipper's English fish, you have Kippers and chips or something, didn't you? K-
1: that's right. K-I-P-P-E-R-S he referred to, and it's an acronym that refers to Kids in Parents' Pockets Eroding Retirement Savings. Oh, I
0: like that. <laughs> 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 I like that. I'm big on acronyms, as you know, and I like that one. That's, that's a, a good, good one. one. A Kipper.
1: So he did talk about the fact that you do get people aged 25, 30, maybe yes. even 35 moving to their parents' homes or yeah. helping mum and dad spend their money, their retirement money, <laughs> because it's so that's, hard to get ahead now. Nicely
0: stated, helping them, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, now,
1: yeah. can we take advantage of that? A lot of those kippers mm. are in Sydney. Mm. Maybe yes. some of those parents should should, de- should suggest mm. that those kids move out of Sydney where it's yes. too expensive to buy a home and yeah. living in a spare bedroom A with little dubbo
0: prospectus in front of their kids sort of thing. Oh, I've exactly got an idea right. for you.
1: Yeah, so I think that was important, having ministers there, having members of parliament there, both federal and state, yeah. that's important. But of course, sharing information with colleagues. And I did have a few questions from different colleagues there. New Residence Night was one thing that actually I had a couple of questions about. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had some questions just about simple things. What time do you have your meetings? How do you work with your committee structure? Because mm. there was one council that talked to me that has no committee, no standing committees, but two council meetings each month. Yep. And so how does that work compared to how ours works with standing committees? So mm. just those sort of things. And there is no doubt about it. The most discussed toilet in this nation was talked about, and that, of course, was our 3D printed toilet. (laughs) Is that right? Oh, yeah, definitely. There were people that heard about it. They want to know about it. How did the construction go? How much did it cost? How quick was it? All sorts of things. So it's not just architects. It's not just developers. not just planners. not just builders around this nation that are talking about that. The councils are talking. Absolutely right. There's Mm -hmm. no doubt about it that other councils are talking. So I think overall, an interesting process, interesting concept, and again very important for our council to be involved with it.
0: oh absolutely And I don't know one of the things that you like to do is to uh, have a regular catch up with the police um, have a bit of a chat about uh, how things are going and um, you know what are those sort of uh, opportunities to I suggest uh, for both parties to talk about uh, you know, where we're at statistically and what's happening in our community and how we're going to move forward in a, you know, in a more positive way so how's the chat this week?
1: It's always interesting. It's also a bit frustrating. Mm. Obviously, council can't do anything. We can't direct the police. We can't even demand that we have a meeting with the police but the police have always been very open to discussions Mm. with council so we do meet on a regular basis and this week we had another one of those meetings with the commander there of police so that's the whole region Mm. it's not just the double area it's the whole region the commander for that area there and so we do have a, a, a good discussion so the ceo and myself go along and we talk about what's happening and just to get a bit of a handle on things and probably the most frustrating part and they can't talk about this publicly because they've got their job as police to do. Mm. And I suppose I'm picking up on just some of the discussions I have with various police. But one of the things that seems very frustrating is that the sentencing regime in this state seems to be focused on making sure that they keep giving people a second chance. Yeah, right. But a second chance sometimes grows into a fifth chance, Mm. a tenth chance, a twentieth chance, Mm. multiple chances. And I think one of the frustrations to the police is that they do an exceptional job. They find the perpetrators of crime, they find the evidence that's needed, and they get to the stage where the police prosecutor can take that into a courtroom. Mm. Unfortunately, our sentencing laws I just don't think are strong enough, whereby those people that appear before a court end up, walking out the door.
0: Well, it's a fair call because I remember you're talking about before uh, going back a while ago when you went out to the Wellington Jail, the correctional centre out there, and you may mention mentioned the time of the fact that, um, you know, uh, crime rates are up but the prison numbers are down in the sense that there's still out space out there. Yeah. Now
1: It's about half full, I think, from, from memory there. That's
0: incredible, isn't it? Like it and it's, it gets straight back to your point is that obviously it sounds like the police are doing the job. They're, they're out there doing their level best to get the criminals off the streets. Well, it's up to the judges then to put, that, put them away. You know, as far as I'm concerned, like, I, I can say it because I'm, I'm a citizen and I have my opinion on this. And, and if you know, how many second chances do you give to a person before you turn around and say, enough's enough? Uh, you need to be put away for a period of time. And look, I understand the fact that they, they you know, especially with kids and things like that, they say they try to avoid putting them into the, the prisons because that's where they learn a lot of their skill set. They then go back out there and commit their areas of crime. And I know there's a lot of complicating factors, but at the end of the day, they live in a community. And as a community, you've got to protect the community. That's a priority number one. So, yeah, I'm with you. If if these people aren't getting put away like they should be being put away, well, that's not on the police. That's on our judicial system.
1: And I think the police do an excellent job. And even talking to the commander, sure, he would say, I'll take more police numbers. No doubt about it. If someone said, you can have another 10 police, then he would say, absolutely. But they're not in the stage where they're desperate for police. They've got pretty good numbers across the board yep. and so in general when people say what well, are we doing about crime and they point to police I think that's probably a bit unfair on the police yeah. I think the police are doing their job yep. and it probably is frustrating for police to do their job to find perpetrators and then see them go through a revolving oh, door in, enormously the, frustrating in the for sentencing them. system Absolutely. so I think the state mm. government could do something definitely about this in terms of minimum sentencing. Now, I know it's been tried up in the Northern Territory and some people have said it's not a great success there. There's been some isolated incidents that maybe aren't fantastic. I don't have enough data to talk about that with any authority. But in general, the magistrate, for most crimes, there's some serious crimes they don't, but in most crimes, they have full flexibility to go to nothing up to whatever the maximum penalty might be. And so it puts the magistrate in a bit of a tough spot that you're hearing the story. And some of these people have terrible stories that has led them to this position of committing a crime. Yep. And so you hear that and you think, gee, that's unfair that, that person ends up in prison. And so I think the magistrates are trying to rehabilitate people and to try to do that, prison doesn't seem like a great environment to rehabilitate. But the flip side of that, and this is the challenge, is the protection of the rest of the community. Absolutely. So while you're trying to rehabilitate that one person and that one person goes and commits another 10 crimes during that rehabilitation process, yep. you've just got 10 more victims of crime. Yep. So where do you draw the line there? And I think at the moment the community in general is saying the line is being drawn too far on the mm. side of rehabilitation and not enough on the side of protection of the community. And that's
0: just sort of say, it's not just Dubbo. It, it's, it's just across the board. You watch uh, most uh, the news items at night. Look in Queensland right now and see the debate and the discussions happening up there at a state government level in regards to youth crime. Um, this is across the board and this is a real issue that has to be addressed again. I know it's a constant level of debate, but we constantly need to be discussing it because it's constantly happening.
1: You're spot on and in particular, it's not a Dubbo problem. It's not mm. a Wellington problem. It's not a Regional Council problem. It's across vast areas, of regional and metro areas. It's across the state. It's across the nation. Yep. What do you do about it? Well, in our scenario, Dubbo Regional Council's got very little power to do anything about it. Sure, I can sit down with the police and have a great chat. But again, because we don't control the police, even if I said to the commander, well, I think what you need to do is go and put some more people there and do that. And he'd say... Thanks very much for your mm. comments, Matthew. Mm. That's it. Mm. He doesn't have to take any notes. He's polite enough that he does have a good mm. conversation and, and mm. certainly will listen to me. But the bottom line is I don't direct the police. No Council has very little it can do to control crime in this city, in this Dever Regional Council, LGA. Yeah. We'll keep having conversations. And if there's an opportunity for us to do something and work with the police, absolutely we'll do it. If there's an opportunity for us to lobby state government and say you need to look at some minimum sentencing, you need to look at the sentencing regime, you need to look at what's happening there, then absolutely that should happen. Now, I have heard the argument before that the sentencing must be okay because the police prosecutors aren't appealing many of the decisions of the magistrates. But when you talk to some of that group of people, they have two problems. One – they're pretty busy going mm. through and putting these cases forward for these people that keep coming yep. back through the program. Absolutely. But the second thing is I think they throw their hands up in the air a little bit and say, well, we presented the case, we went through and had a good case, and should this should have had yep. a custodial sentence, and it ended up not having that. What hope have we got? What's yep. the point of appealing? Yep. And by the way, I've got another ten cases yeah, to go that's and look right, over Exactly. There. So I don't it. know that that's the best metric mm. as to whether or not someone should be increasing those sentencing regimes based on the Mm. appeal process alone. So Mm -hmm. we'll keep meeting with the police. We'll keep working with them whenever we can. I'll keep talking to other levels of government, including state government, including Attorney General, just to see if there's any movement there. But something has to be done. And again, this isn't just our problem. And so when people say crime in Dubbo is terrible, well crime across the state, crime across the nation. It's yep. increasing across all of those. You know, We get to look at those stats and we see there's an increase in crime across all of those areas. Yep. So it's not just a Dubbo problem. And I'd hate to see Dubbo labelled as having a crime issue yep. that's any different to going to any other of those regional locations, regional cities, et cetera.
0: Yep. Ah, the CEO 12-month performance review. Now... Good old Murray Wood down there, uh, the CEO of the original council. It sounds like he's been up for a review and there's a bit of a panel of uh, councillors um, uh, setting up some targets there for for Murray for um, for next year. So how did it all go?
1: Yeah, two parts to this particular process. The first one is that there's a very formal process that should be in place across every council. It's optional, but Mm. every council should be doing this. Where you do a formal process, and on our review committee, we have had the traditionally the mayor and the deputy mayor, and then the heads of the committee. So at the moment, that consists of myself and Richard Ivey as the mayor and the deputy mayor, and then the three heads of our committees, are Matt Wright, Shibli Shadri, and Jess Goff. Yep. And again, that formal review process, with an external consultant, we sit down and we go through all the performance targets that were set for Murray 12 months ago. Right. And then we go through and look at those and how he's performed. So it's the opinion of the five of us. And yep. also Murray will put forward his position now. He would review how those things have progressed. Mm. Again, it's very formal and it mm. should be very formal mm. because you don't want to just have a, oh, you're going okay, Murray, everything's okay, have a nice day. You really want to do that formal mm. process. And ultimately that will then go back to council in a confidential meeting to say, here's what the panel determined and now counsellors can have the input as well. And counsellors talk to the review panel individually. I had a couple of calls from different counsellors just talking about that review process. Mm. But that's an important part of the process. I also do, in between those 12 month reviews, I also do a six-month less formal process with Murray where yep. Murray and I sit down and just look at the performance targets. And again, it's a bit of a halfway through that project review, how are things going? Because again, sometimes people have a different angle or a different yep. view on how they're going compared to someone else. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's a, a good... Part of that discussion overall and then in conjunction with that that evening after we did the performance review so that was looking back at the last 12 months mm-hmm. we then look forward and the critical part here is that all councils involved in this to say what do you want murray to focus on for the next 12 months there's no good in 12 months time saying oh murray yep. you didn't achieve a b and c well 12 months ago you told me what you want me to focus on i focused on that so yep. there was no way i was going to focus on those things because you didn't ask me to do that yep. so getting that right and again this is all councils involved Getting that right is really important. Mm. So Mm. what we want to see from our CEO, what we want to see from council, well, this is the opportunity to do it. And remember, council only employs one person. Mm. So when Mm. someone says, oh, I talked to someone the other day and they didn't do this right or they didn't grade my road or whatever Mm. happened there, can you go and fix them up? I say, sure. Mm. I'll go and have a talk to the CEO who will go through the right processes and the right Mm. channel to review that bit of work, but I am not authorised to go and talk to an individual staff member and tell them what to do. And that Mm. changed in the Local Government Act nine ninety-three. The previous Local Government Act, 1919, had the mayor and councillors with much more power, individual power, to go and direct people. Mm. And the old joke that you talk about when you drive on country dirt roads, when you see a short strip of bitumen there, you go, right, that looks like where the mayor or a councillor used to live in that particular community, <laughs> because they would yep. have literally gone yep. and said, it's a bit dusty at my house. Yep. Can I get you, Jimmy, to take the grade her out and then take the you know the equipment to grade it, put a bit of bitumen down there, yep. just so it's not dusty in front of my house. Yep. Well, the like i 993, which Jerry Peacock was the minister at the time that brought that through to to the government, mm. then that was one of the things that was changed. That the council laws as a collective employ one person, that's the general manager or CEO. And that person then employs the 500 people in that case of council.
0: So how prescriptive is is council in regards to directing uh, the CEO in regards to his role? Like there'd obviously be uh, some, as a CEO of any company, an organisation, there would be uh, certain expectations that I suppose that that would be part of the role. So from the council's perspective, does the... The, the expectation change from year to year, like the points of focus, because there are general focuses that obviously CEO has to do, but does council put forward a list of specific areas of focus they want uh, our CEO to focus on above and beyond the, the normal role?
1: There's two parts to the document that we create. One part is, as you say, the general areas, the general things you want to focus on, make sure things are being taken care of, make sure... Work health and safety is uh, an area that we're not going to have issues with. Make Mm. sure you've got some general things in place. Then you've also got some specific areas. So it might be, for example, we want some focus over the next year on housing. How can we bring more housing to the market? The Northwest Precinct that we've talked about a lot, that was one of the targets from the last year, for example, in terms of developing more housing availability. Mm. And we believe by having more housing availability on the market that will help address the affordable housing issue that we've got again across the nation across mm. you know so many different mm. areas. So you do get some areas where you're focusing on some projects. You don't want to get down a specific as I want to make sure we get new lines painted on the car yes, park yes. in the council car park. That, that's right. It's not going to get So you specific. avoid
0: get, getting into the nitty gritty of some of those sort of things I'd imagine but so, some general sort of broad visionary type goals?
1: Correct. And it might be about sustainability. We want to make sure we okay. get our budget down to a zero dollar budget we don't want to have a, a negative mm. in our budget and in terms of that type of thing we're not saying we want you to go and save five dollars off this particular area of council yes. to get down that zero budget it might be as general as we need to get down to a zero dollar budget mm. and so you need to put some steps in place to address that so then Murray's got the flexibility and he might mm. talk to councils about different things and there might be different decisions throughout the year but he's got that general focus and right mm. so zero dollar Budget, that's the focus for council. I need to work out how I can deliver Mm. that. So it's that type of thing and going through. And and again, some things you might be able to deliver on, some things you may not be able to. So for example, it might be community safety is important. How can we improve community safety? Well, that might be a bit of a tough ask because you might have some ability, but you don't have total Mm. ability to deliver on that. Mm. Housing is one as well, where you Mm. can develop housing options there but you can't we're not going to go and build the housing we're not going to go and build cheap housing for people to be able to move into we just A don't have the budget B it's not our responsibility to do that so it is a pretty comprehensive document in terms of being able to refer back to that to say this is what I need to focus on Hmm. and sometimes those priorities might change throughout the year things might pop up but in general that gives you an idea
0: okay I changed things up uh, completely differently um an area that I know you love enormously and I always enjoy uh, listening to your uh, recitals, uh, poetry at Bracken House. That's
1: um, one of the regular age care facilities that I do. And yes. the the... Community absolutely loves it, and I do some of the same poetry. I normally know about an hour's worth of poetry off the top of my head, so I I do cross over and do some of the same. But they still seem to love it, especially some of the old banjo classics. Clancy the Overflow, for example, they love because they used to learn that at school. Uh, I did uh, always try and introduce new ones. I uh, like to try and learn a new poem maybe once once a month, once every couple of months. And so I I did a new one actually by Roald Dahl this week. Oh, did you? Which is a, a one Little Red Riding Hood. It's it's called Little Red Riding Hood and the Wolf, but it's Roald Dahl who used to have an interesting. Twist on different things. Yes. And certainly, I posted. a little bit the, black, the
0: old. Look at it a bit, it was, it was a darkness to old Roald Dahl. It
1: does. And that's exactly what he has in this poem. So yes. I've actually posted a video of that particular one oh, good. On, on my YouTube channel and my Facebook page. So if someone wants to go and look at that little three minute poem by yes. Roald Dahl, but Roald Dahl used to love for some of his. Interesting short stories. The great Switcheroo was one of my favourites right. from Roald Dahl. But when you read this poem, you think, I don't really know Roald for his poetry. But yeah, a bit of a, a bit oh. of a dark twist, a bit of a different yeah. angle on things. give so. be a
0: trivia question for you. So there you go. How so much you know Roald Dahl? Which country was Roald Dahl born in?
1: Mm, can I say England?
0: You're very close. Very close.
1: Are you giving me a second option now? Oh yeah? yeah.
0: Well, well, well we, we talk about second chances. Okay, and third good. Chances. So somewhere in the UK. Somewhere in the UK.
1: Right. So Wales. Wales. Well done. Well go. done.
0: Sure. There you go. So you've narrowed the down to two, So you've got into. He's from a little place called Llandaff. Yeah right. Llandaff which is uh, sort of part of Cardiff there in, in Wales.
1: So, is there a reason you have that little bit of information? To pull well, off? it
0: is quite obscure, isn't it, sort it of is. thing. But uh, my uh, my sister in law lives there in Llandaff oh, really? and that's that's the, their big claim to fame is the fact that Roald Dahl uh, just lived there. up the street yeah, and was born right. up the street. There he yeah, was. That's right. there it's go.
1: amazing the claim to fame different organisations, oh, cities have. So, how big? Anything. How big would that place be?
0: Landorf? Um Oh, I'd suggest probably think South Dubbo. Right, okay, yeah, no. so pretty small. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty small little area. Uh, it's a lovely cathedral there. there you yeah, go. right, there, there you go. go. So sorry, so, i would be back to you. No, story. no, that's fine. There so it look,
1: it's, it's a good opportunity to get out amongst the community. They do yeah. really in, enjoy that. And I do ask for suggestions from the group to say any other poems that they might like to see me do. And and sometimes I'll bring me forward some different ones that I'll go and learn for them. But yeah, it's nice to get out there in the community Absolutely. and a bit of a, a different... Pace than mm. the rest of the things that are happening. Mm. It's you, you take an hour out of your. I probably do one of these once every three or four weeks at different places. Yeah. Then yeah, you take an hour out of your your day if you like, and you just. Perform poetry for no other reason than you know that people in the audience going to oh. sit back and enjoy yep. someone coming along and entertaining them a little yeah, bit. And they don't ask any council questions actually. Normally, every now and again someone asks something about council, yeah. but normally they just see me as a poet rather than as a. As Can a, you do Man
0: from a Sunday River for me again?
1: Well, I don't. Sometimes I get asked that, and I don't do it because it's too long. And I find it's a long people. Poem. Oh, yes. it's ten minutes. Yeah, and yeah. I find I reckon three to four minutes is a sweet spot. Yeah. People start to lose concentration, and and I must admit that as good as I am at my poetry, yes. there are some times that some of the people do fall asleep in my audience. <laughs> so, so a 10-minute poem, then I reckon I'd lose uh, too many of to the audience. Yeah, Man so, from
0: Bark, that's, that's probably a, a right smack band sweet spot, five or six That's right. I,
1: I love that one. And yep. one of the things about that one is there's a couple of parts where there's a bit of high volume yeah, so, so wakes him up again for them when he screams murder bloody murder <laughs> it's a good chance for me to say that very loud and anyone that has had a little bit of a snooze during that then they wake back <laughs> up <so. laughs> you get some funny incidents I, I had one one time actually I had a couple of my kids who were home right. and they were doing some poetry with me I, I, I dragged them along now they're quite happy to go along normally and help entertain but yep. we we're there doing we had a three person poem so we we're all out there doing our best performance and putting everything into it and then one of the gentlemen at the front just stood up and had his cup of oh well, no he didn't have a, his cup of tea he was going to get his cup of tea he had his saucer and his cup and he was a bit unsteady so they were clanking around and he just said milk I need to make sure I get milk in my cup of tea I want milk and so he just walks across in front of us dangling his his cup and and saucer yelling out milk as he went and my kids are looking at me and I'm just kind of you know, nodding keep going just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty distracting. Tough crowd, tough <laughs> that's, crowd. That's right, as you walked across there, but anyway, uh, um, thank you to those different organisations that let me come on and, and do a bit of right. poetry there, and, and hopefully the residents enjoy it.
0: Oh, uh, that's wonderful. Now, um, I know we talked about this a uh, couple of months back. Now was the meet your community leaders, and it, again, this is something that uh, is. is Something that's uh by regional council, and he does. And this is where yourself and uh, state minister and federal minister all sort of get to, together, uh, or member all get together and uh, and meet and greet. Now, last time we we're down at the uh, what is it? The little markets down there, our little fortnightly markets. Now it looks like another one's coming up, but this time, I remember last time you promised it's going to be in Wellington, and it looks like it's going to be. So, is this next weekend in Wellington?
1: Correct. Yep. So Saturday, the twenty fifth of November, from nice. nine am to in your eleven am. Calendar. Yep, so put it in there for for residents of Wellington or Dubbo residents can go as well. And you are right, it is unique for Dubbo Regional Council. Nowhere else in this nation Mm. has all three levels of government sitting there or standing there side by side in an open forum on a regular basis. Wow. So it is a a fantastic thing to take advantage of. We normally call them community leaders breakfast because Mm. in the past we often put them on and put breakfast on. But the rotary markets, for example, there are different parts of the rotary markets there that sell breakfast. So we don't want to take away that income from those. So we're just calling this one a community leaders meeting. So Mark Colton
0: and Dougal himself are going to be there?
1: Well, Mark's not the member for Wellington there's a boundary there. So oh. it, the the electorate of parks, this is a crazy thing yeah, about right. the amalgamation that occurred. Yeah. The Amalgamation occurred at the state level, but the federal seat has part of it in Clare and part of it in Parks. Is that right? Yeah, so Mark Colton won't be there. We'll have Dougal Saunders there because Wellington is still in Dougal's area. Right. And then we've got Andrew G., and I'm not 100% sure that Andrew G is coming. Right. But he's not convinced of the concept of these meetings. He's done one before, and he said, I don't know if that was the greatest thing I've ever done, Matt. And I said, Oh, look, I think it's good for the community. So, not sure if Andrew G will be there. He knows about it, so hopefully he'll be there. But certainly in Dubbo, we have Mark Colton, we have. Dougald Saunders and then myself and counsellors go along. Yeah. This one, definitely myself, definitely yep. Dougald, yep. definitely has some counsellors there mm. and hopefully Andrew G. there you know, as well or two in a week's time, whether yeah. he, turned <laughs> up or he not. turns up or not. <laughs> he knows about it, I've talked to him about it, oh, and welcome. he's a definite maybe to okay. come along there. So it is good. So we're calling it now the Michael, the Meet Your Community Leaders, NYCL. Oh,
0: so you will pick up these acronyms as well, aren't I know, you? I like, you're I know all over it. them.
1: Yep, so that's right. So the Rotary Markets, 11 Sorry, 9am to 11am. This sad day, depending on when you listen to this podcast, but 25th of November is when that'll be on. So uh, I encourage people to come along. Absolutely. Whatever ideas, whatever issues, you've got the three, hopefully three of us here, at least two of us mm. there, take advantage of it. That's yeah, the, yeah. the big thing there. Yeah. I really encourage people to take advantage of it. Yeah,
0: indeed. Now, speaking of uh, upcoming events, uh, the Dubbo Day Awards, born off all on the 23rd of November, I think, which is Dubbo Day.
1: Correct. So the 23rd of November, 1849, mm. was when Dubbo was officially gazetted as a village. There you go. We had a police lockup two years earlier than that. Oh. So I'm not sure if that says something positive
0: <laughs> about Dubbo. <laughs> We've had crime all the way back through. Right, Talking really about those are. issues, there they are. That's, That's right. right.
1: So it was officially gazetted a village. Yeah. Then in 1999, mm. as part of the sesquicentenary
0: celebrations... Moment. Sesquicentenary.
1: <laughs> they did some Dubbo Day awards to celebrate mm. Dubbo Day, and they gave it some awards... And it seemed like a nice way to pat some people on the back and say, thank you for your contribution Mm -hmm. to Dubbo. And then it wasn't long after that that it was thought, well, actually, that was a pretty nice little thing to do. Maybe we should do that every year. Mm -hmm. So since the early 2000s, every year we've done the Dubbo Day Awards on Dubbo Day on the 23rd of November. Lovely, And it's just a great opportunity to say to people, Usually behind the scenes, people, thank mm. you for doing a great job. Mm. Thank you for contributing to the great community that mm. we have in Dubbo. Now, you have our Day Awards, of course, and they're people that are doing some wonderful things in our community. And yep. obviously some of those people, people often know about those people. Oh, yes, I, I know Billy and he's done some great work. and I've seen him yeah. doing that for years. I would say it's fair to argue that some of these people that get Dubbo Day Awards, many people in the community wouldn't know about the great work they're doing. Mm. They're not doing it to get an award they're not doing it for any sort of public accolades yep. they're just doing it because they believe in they are. yeah that's yeah. right whatever yeah. they're doing whoever they're helping whatever organisation it is mm. so it is a good opportunity to pat those people on the back we get Former councillors, obviously current councillors, but former councillors are invited along as well to hand out some of those awards. Good opportunity for them to be involved still. It's a nice way of even saying to them, come along and be a part of Dubbo Day Awards because you made a contribution to Dubbo as a councillor as well. And so that's on this Thursday, 23rd of November, and council meeting day is on this Thursday as well. So So
0: is it what time?
1: 10 o'clock in the morning.
0: 10 o'clock morning, DRTCC?
1: No, there was actually another booking there, oh, so we couldn't get the DRTCC, right. so we had to take this one out to the library. Oh, and okay. that was an interesting internal discussion. Yeah. When our staff said, sorry, we can't get the DRTCC, which is where we normally have it, yeah. do you want to change the day? And I went, oh, no, not really, but mm. I can see the logic for changing the day mm. in that, well, it would be nice to have it over at the DRTCC, mm. but... Oh, the 23rd of November is is, is the yeah. day. So, it's like sort of
0: saying, do you want to change Christmas Day from the 25th to 26th? That's yeah. doesn't quite work. There's a reason why you have the day.
1: So in the end, I said, oh, look, can we find somewhere else? So we've got the zoo. So that'll make it a bit different this year, uh, okay. the, the function centre at the zoo. I
0: oh, said so the function centre at the well, zoo. Well, the Savannah Room at the zoo. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: so it'll be in there. And yep. normally we get a reasonable-sized crowd because you'll get the person winning their award, and Mm. there'll normally be some family or supporters. So there might be in those alone, there might be 40 or 50 people, then there might be some councillors, former councillors, and you might get a few members of the public come along as well. Everyone's welcome to come along. So it's
0: an open invitation, invitation. anyone can turn up.
1: Okay. Just say, I invited you.
0: Exactly, there's, a, there's the personal invite right there. <laughs>
1: that's right. So yeah, so that's on the morning of Thursday, and then Thursday night we've got our council meeting. This meeting's in Wellington because we hold it oh, in Wellington. What's okay. yep. a a happening basis. in Wellington this week, isn't there? Yeah, there is a lot happening in Wellington. Mm. So we've got our, our briefing down in Wellington, and then the council meeting starts at five thirty in Wellington in the Wellington Chambers. So oh, awesome. anyone that wants to come along, you can watch it online, as, of course, as well. Yeah.
0: But you've got the ability to go along in Wellington. Well, I look forward to next week to talk about some of the award recipients. Well, my friend, it is that time, and i looking forward to hearing this one. It's the Limerick of the Week. So it's been a while since I've asked you about the Limerick of the Week, so uh, what have you got for us this week?
1: Well, that's exactly the topic I want to talk about. I'm a bit excited to have you back there hosting the podcast for me, so I thought I'd write a Limerick about you coming back.
0: Oh, mate, that's very sweet of you. <laughs>
1: that's right. I might encourage you to keep coming back in future weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly I'm not going to promise right. I'm going to do it about you every week, but for this week, it's uh, a comeback.
0: I, just, I don't know. We, we, we can talk about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so here we go. Mark's back to our great delight. Now you can listen to him day and night. His voice, a familiar sound. In Dubbo, he's renowned. His return makes everything right.
0: Oh, that's very sweet of you. A little, little teardrop. Just sort of start oh, falling. <laughs> Steady on. That's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Well, folks, that uh, wraps up again for uh, another episode of Straight from the Mayor's Mouth. Until next week, everyone, take care. Straight from the mayor's mouth with Matthew Dickerson from Dubbo Regional Council.